We've given the 2023 Mariners the report cards for the season, but now it's time to hand them some awards. We'll crown Seattle's team MVP, Cy Young, and a whole lot more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. Let's go, baby. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Halloween, sailors. It is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. This is Coach Lasso and Coach Beard for the Locked On Mariners Season Awards Spooktacular. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. So, today, we'll be handing out six awards to the 2023 Seattle Mariners. Go MVP, Cy Young, Reliever of the Year, Platinum Glove, Most Improved, and Unsung Hero. And we're going to start in reverse order. So, first up, Unsung Hero. We're going to save the best for last. It's Colby, who's your Unsung Hero for the 2023 Seattle Mariners? Yeah, not a lot of. Not not a ton of options, I guess I should say. Uh, a lot of disappointments this year, more so than you know surprises. Uh, but you know there are a few that stand out here. Uh, you know Jose Caballero certainly uh, jumps out. Uh, Mike Ford uh, for what he was able to do for the lineup for you know a couple months and and even a little bit after he cooled off. Um, those are a couple guys, probably the two main contenders. Uh, I do also think that Josh Rojas deserves some some love in this category. Really mm-hmm. stabilized second base after, um, you know, the disaster that was uh, Colton Wong. So, uh, you know, there's there's a few options, not a ton. Uh, Isaiah Campbell is another guy I'd throw in, into the discussion. But uh, I think if I had to pick somebody, I would probably pick, uh, I think, Jose Caballero over Mike Ford. But uh, it's pretty close. Cabby, you know, came up and he pretty much single-handedly prevented you from having like the worst second base production in the history of baseball for a couple weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Cabby's probably the unsung hero. Um, and then I think, you know, Ford is, is probably second, but also want to, you know, give a shout out to Josh Rojas and, uh, and Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to be in agreement on this one. I'm also going with Jose Caballero. I mean, you got 2.2 F4 out of the guy that you got in the Mike Leak trade, like what, four years ago, five years ago? It had been a while. Cabby was really fun to watch if you're a Maris fan. If you're not a Maris fan, you probably hate Jose Caballero. He was one of the most annoying players in baseball in terms of like, you know, calling time at the most inopportune moments at the, uh, at the plate. I think about Lucas Giolito when the White Sox were visiting and how visibly annoyed he looked with Caballero. I also think about Cabby, you know, talking smack to, to Martin Maldonado behind the plate. Dude is a lot mm-hmm. of fun. He, he, he's got, uh, he's got some fire in him and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to have someone like that on the team. Um, also on top of that, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, he stabilized arguably your worst position on the team for a little while, obviously fell off towards the end there and he wasn't being used nearly as much towards the end of the season. But overall, I mean, this was a roaring success for Jose Caballero. You were expecting literally nothing out of this guy. He also was second on the team and stolen bases. Uh, he walked quite a bit. He was getting hit by pitches. Like he was able to get on base and do some damage on the base pass. I mean, he also made some pretty big errors on the base pass, but we'll ignore that for for now. But yeah, overall, really, really 
good season from Caballero. And I mean, he's one of those guys where you're going to look back at like the, the F4 leaderboards and go, how was that guy worth like two wins this year? But I mean, when you think back on, on what he really meant to the Mariners this season, I mean, again, like considering what he was able to give you at second base, and obviously that's a, like the lowest of low bars to clear <laughs> in terms of improving at that position. But the Mariners really needed Jose Caballero at the moment that he came up and the production that he was able to give you, especially in that first month that he was up with the team. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more perfect than that, really. So, yeah. Um, the next award here, I think we're also going to be in agreement on, and I think this one's pretty obvious, but uh, you you say it. Who Who's the uh, most improved player on the 2023 Seattle Mariners, Colby? Dylan Moore. Uh, yeah. Yes, and you think I hate Dylan Moore. Uh, right. I think the only answer... Uh, really is 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 jp crawford um this guy who went from a you know slap hitting shortstop to you know putting up league average uh league average uh wrc pluses uh to you know being probably the second best offensive shortstop in baseball this year at least in the american league uh you know looking like he can hit 20 home runs and and you know maintaining his high walk rate and his on base he led the american league in walks uh solid defender at shortstop still like yeah, J.P. Crawford took huge steps forward. He was 30-some-odd percent better this year than he was last year. You're not going to find improvement like that very often. Um, and, you know, what's nice about all that is is that it seems like it's somewhat repeatable. I mean, maybe not the 134 WRC Plus or 138, whatever it was, um, yeah. WRC Plus, but, like, do we have really any reason to believe that J.P. Crawford can't hit 12 to 15 homers next year, can't? you know, be a four win player, can't put up a 120 WRC plus next year. I don't think so. So, you know, it, it's nice when most improved is actually an improvement instead of just like this guy had a hot season, right? Like, yeah, this like guy, he, oh. he didn't, he didn't fluke his way into it. He put the work in, like he mm -hmm. changed his offensive profile. He added bat speed and, and that led to, you know, more home runs. Like he put up 19 home runs this season, which is no, no one could have expected that out of JP Crawford this season. So, you know, not just the, the WRC plus improvements and not just like the insanely high walk rate. It's also he had power output and consistent power output. Like that is really, really special coming from a guy that, you know, he what his career high in home runs in a season was nine before this year. That's insane. That's an insane jump. Um, and look, you know, I know that like, in his profile when he was a prospect he was projected to be more you know 12 to 15 home run power but we never really saw that that didn't really translate to the big league level until this year so the fact that he was able to do that that he was able to tap into more power and just build off of a really great foundation that he already had which was great discipline elite plate discipline like he became a legitimate star this year all right, so we're going to be going over the best defender and the best reliever on the 2023 Seattle Mariners in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, 
player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Locked On Maris podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So let's get back into these awards here, Colby. The best defender on the 2023 Seattle Mariners is or was? A couple options here. Um, Dom Canzone is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> so it really, it feels like it's a two-horse race. I guess you could throw Cal in there if you want to, but uh, yeah. I think we're probably going to go with Gino on this one. Um, oh. Yeah, you know, it, it's... It's close uh, between him and Julio, uh, but, uh, you know, Gino just, I don't know, I feel like Gino made more uh, spectacular plays, I guess we'll call it. Like, Julio certainly made his, uh, his fair share, but I just feel like Gino is a little more consistent. Uh, I feel like his, uh, his you know, best plays, his top 10 plays are a little bit better than Julio's top 10 plays. Um, you know, definitely he got snubbed from the from the gold glove. He was pretty much inarguably the second or at least the second best defensive third baseman in all of baseball. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with, with a Eugenio uh, with Julio in a, in a close second and then Cal Raleigh, probably uh, third. All right. Well, I'm going Julio. I'm going Julio here. I 97th percentile and outs above average in center field. It's a real Testament to the work that he's put in to play that position and play that position at a very high level. And not only did he have a couple of you know Heisman moments like in Baltimore or the uh, the Fernando Tatis robbery, but he also made a lot of really difficult plays like routine, like tracking balls in the gap without even having to leave his feet. Like he had a ridiculous year <laughs> in center field, uh, and I think he's he's more than deserving of not just this award on this show, which means nothing, but also the Gold Glove, which as we also know also means really means nothing. Yeah, it really means nothing at the end of the day, but it would be cool for him, a cool accomplishment for him, and I think he's he's more than deserving. And obviously, you know our feelings on on Gino getting snubbed over at third base. I don't think that's a wrong answer there either. Really, I I, I heavily considered uh, Gino, and I also uh, considered Cal quite a bit because he had a ridiculous second half of the season, specifically in those final six weeks of the year. But I think Julio just across the board uh, was uh, was more consistent than Cal and. Uh, but it's really close between him and Gino. But I'm, I'm going to give the slight edge to uh, to Julio on that front. All right, best reliever of the year for the 2023 Seattle Mariners, Colby? Uh, Matt Brash. Yeah. Yeah. Next it's it's unequiv- Yeah, it's unequivocally Matthew Brash. It's unfortunate uh, because you feel like uh, you want this this award to be like, you know, a lot of oppor- a lot of guys had a shot at this because you want your bullpen to be deep and and you know all that stuff. But no, Brash was significantly better than Munoz. Um, you know, and and obviously Munoz's struggle and the last couple you know six weeks or so really doesn't help his cause here. He was also hurt. Uh, yeah. You know, and it just there's nobody else to give it to. Like Topa had a really nice year, and Spire yeah. had a really nice year, and, and Campbell had a really nice year not even close to what brash did so this one is is yep. a layup like there's really no debate to be had here it's matt brash and then everybody else uh pretty easily yeah he was the fourth most valuable reliever in all of baseball by f4 he was one of i think five or four relievers in all of baseball to eclipse two f4 um 
I don't know if he was that good. Like he was really good this year. I don't know if he was that good. Like Fangraphs really love strikeouts. <laughs> really really love strikeouts and brash struck out a lot of dudes but he also you know ran a 369 walk rate and we talked about this during during our report card series when we were talking about the bullpen like there were times where it was just like all right i don't really trust matt in the situation like you know like after the first couple of pitches like what kind of matt brash you're going to get but overall yeah i mean for his first full season out of the uh out of the bullpen uh pretty great stuff i mean he you know, most of the time looked like the guy that we expected him to be in the preseason when we were talking so very highly of him. Um, I also, I gotta be real. I did kind of consider Paul Seawald here, but that felt like cheating because I was going to include the fact that he, you know, went to the Diamondbacks, dominated, went to the World Series. He's a big reason why they're in the it's World Series. Cheating, like, that's trolling. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's probably just that's mean. just. <laughs> That's just Ty's excuse to rehash the trade deadline again, to which as a the reminder deadline. was right. awful, not because right. of the Paul Seawall trade, but because of right. nothing else after that. Right, right. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here as we hand out season awards to the 2023 Seattle Mariners. And we're now in the meat and potatoes of our awards show here. Cy Young. Colby, there's, uh, there's a few options here. I think there's one fairly obvious option, but I'm interested to see what your take on this is. Paul Seawald. So me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's three options. I mean, really? Uh, mm-hmm. I guess technically you could throw Brash in, in the mix, although I don't like it when relievers, you know, are in the mix for like the actual Cy Young. That just feels cheap because they have to be really good for like 60 innings and most starting pitchers in the Cy Young discussion are just as good as those guys for like 120 innings. Uh, and then, you know, they're good to find for the other 60 to 70 innings. So uh, I guess Brash is probably like the fourth, but uh, it's it's Castillo, Gilbert, or, or Kirby to me. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like numbers-wise, Kirby and, and Castillo were just better uh, than Logan Gilbert. Um, so it's really, to me, it's between those two guys and – Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, but I'm going to give it to George over Luis um, just because I, the numbers are pretty, they're pretty close and I can't get those last two starts that Luis Castillo gave Seattle out of my head. Um, whereas George went out there and was very good uh, in his last yeah. two starts. It, it just, you know, like I said, it could be recency bias. Castillo had a great year. It's not a shot at him, um, but mm. he did, you know, fumble. Uh, the ball when when the Mariners needed him the most and George did the opposite so uh, right. I, I think that's weighing pretty heavily here and when the contest is as close as it is for me at least um, those type of things really do come into consideration so for me it's George uh, 1A and I think Luis is 1B and then I would say Gilbert's probably a clear number two or three in this case it actually came down between Kirby and Logan for me because I feel like I feel like Logan was arguably your most consistent pitcher over the course of the full season, but it's impossible to ignore how impressive George Kirby's season was this year. I mean, an 0-9-0 walk rate? <laughs> Are you serious? That's insane. Like, like That's literally insane. I remember we did our over-unders before the season. I said it like a 1-5 walk rate, which like that is insane. Still, an o an 090 walk rate over 190 and two thirds innings pitch. 
that's not like ridiculous Pretty ridiculous good. stuff yeah yeah ridiculous um you know would like to see his stuff take a little bit more of a step forward uh but overall i mean sorry did you not see season. the knuckleball well that's true that's true are we gonna real quick i think i asked you this on on the patreon uh, a while back but i'll ask you this here do we think that's actually going to be a thing no no i want it to no. be a thing though i want it to be I a was, thing it was so bad. really good it was really it was good. a really good knuckleball maybe maybe they like mix it in you know a little bit uh yeah because like if there's one thing that that Kirby really doesn't have it's he doesn't the splitter's not quite there yet the changeup he hasn't really gotten a good feel for it kind of needs a off speed pitch that's not a breaking ball uh and, and obviously the other pitches need to get sharper too um but no I don't think we're gonna see that like I don't think like that's gonna he's gonna throw ten of those in outing or whatever like maybe one every couple of starts but like no I, I I don't see that being like a a regular pitch because it's 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 really hard to control and even for george kirby who's the master of, of command so yeah. um yeah I, I don't see it but uh you know if he wants to mix it in every once in a while fine uh it's it was really good the one time he threw it in a game so like yeah. 136 rpms uh you know and he got Corey seager to whip on it so it's good um it's just a matter of like can you be consistent with it and i don't know if george wants to to test i i would say this i hope he doesn't spend a lot of time on the knuckleball this offseason like sure let's let's sharpen up the slider a little bit let's you know get some more break on the curve and, and let's really yeah, let's get some more splitter. let's get some more swing and miss that'd be great yeah um because he's got to be able to counter the the over aggressive uh approaches from opposing offenses which got him at times and sometimes he was able to take advantage of that but i would like to see him yeah. be able to take advantage of that with more consistency um but yeah overall i mean in terms of like first full season in the bigs and you post again i'm going to re-emphasize this because it is insanely impressive an 090 walk rate and almost 200 innings pitch like you're out of your mind <laughs> like that's wild wild all right the big reward mvp most valuable player the most valuable player on the 2023 seattle mariners was well ty's gonna say john stanton so let's just get that out of the way um wow. you can roast him for that in the comments wow oh, uh no. <laughs> so mvp i again to me this feels like a two-horse race uh i, I think mm. it's you know pretty obviously it's either julio or it's jp uh yep. so it's interesting julio definitely has the numbers uh advantage here over over jp uh but jp has i guess we'll call it like the narrative advantage because you know when the moment was the brightest who did you want up at the plate did you want jp or did you want julio you wanted jp there's really no mm -hmm. debate about that jp was better uh with the bases loaded he was more consistent all year long uh mm. and you know he was he's a five one player. I know Julio is a six one player, but JP was a five one player by himself. And you have to factor in leadership, you have to factor in consistency, you have to factor in, you know, how was this guy in the big moments? Um, and whereas Julio, you know, at times seemed to shrink in in these big in these big moments, JP did the opposite. He he rose to the occasion more times than we can remember. So um it's tough, man. I, I think I I think just the sheer numbers alone probably make Julio's uh, case a little bit stronger than JP's because JP's again, it's 
a lot of narrative. Uh, not that the numbers weren't really good. Uh, you also mm-hmm. factor in Julio's glove and you factor in his defense. Like Julio definitely had a better year, but as in terms of like, who's more valuable to the Mariners in 2023, JP had a lot of big hits and JP was in the middle of a lot of big moments and Julio, not so much, you know, Julio was really good. Like he was on another planet in the month of August, but the rest of the year, eh, you know, he was pretty good in July. Yeah. He just wasn't consistent. JP was very consistent day in, day out. Uh, so it's tough. Um, I feel like we should split the award, but if I have to pick somebody, I'm probably going to lean Julio, but I could really go either way on this. It, it's it's a true toss-up. I'm going to go JP. I'm going to sure. go JP because Julio, like offensively, if we're just looking numbers against numbers. Julio's offensive numbers are heavily carried by that month of August, which was insane. But outside of that month of August, we talked still about counts. this during the report count uh, during the report cards. Like, yeah, it still counts. Like, don't get me wrong. But like outside of the month of August, and we talked about this during the report cards. Like, he was slightly above league average as a hitter, okay. which is not which is not what you need out of Julio Rodriguez. Like overall, that's a good player still, especially when you factor in the defense and the value on the base mm-hmm. pass, all that. But it's not what like Julio Rodriguez, the face of your franchise, no, needs. But to be. Yeah, Julio's de- Julio's defense and base running never slumped. Those were plus right. the entire year. Right. So and look, was... Julio has a very clear advantage defensively over JP. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clear advantage over him in terms of stolen bases. You know, JP is a very good base runner, yep. but uh, stolen is incredibly well. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and when the helmet flies off, <laughs> like you're like, oh, this, you, he's safe. He's, 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 scoring. he's safe. He's scoring. Yep. He's scoring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's out. Absolutely. But JP established himself as the captain of this team. Yep. He was more consistent like you said um mm-hmm. obviously i can't imagine where the 2023 mariners would be without julio but i also really can't imagine where the 2023 mariners would be without jp like jp to me is the heart and soul of this team again if you ask jerry depoto scott service etc like who do you think is the epitome of your culture and of your philosophy it's jp crawford so i'm gonna give him the mvp here because he was just more consistent than julio offensively speaking and I don't think that he, the the gap between him and Julio, defensively speaking and stolen bases wise, um, is enough for me to give it to Julio over JP for how consistent JP was this year, uh, offensively just across the board, and for how much he sh- showed up at the end. And I get like that's narrative driven and all that, but JP produced in the month of September. JP produced when the Mariners needed him the most. Whereas Julio yep. really didn't, especially over those last few weeks in the season. And so that really, at the end of the day, gives Tim the edge uh, for me in the MVP race um, or in the MVP conversation here for the for the team. Yeah, I, I think it's close. Uh, I, I think that any conversation here would, would have to be closer to like a 1A, 1B type of situation than like yeah. clearly it was this guy versus the other guy. Uh, right. Just there's no, versus- I don't think there's a wrong answer here between those two guys. Like, I'll just say that. Like, no. Yeah, I just I think the the overall numbers are just so overwhelmingly in Julio's favor that it's it's tough right. to overlook that. And Julio's probably going to win a Silver Slugger. He's probably going to win a Gold Glove. JP has no shot at Gold Glove. Uh, he had a shot at the Silver Slugger if, if Corey Seager hadn't played out of his mind for you know. Yeah, of course. If Corey Seager games. didn't exist, then yeah, or if he was JP, in the National League, like yeah. like the difference between JP Crawford and the third best shortstop offensively this year in the AL pretty significant. 
Right. But unfortunately, so too is the difference between Corey Seager and JP. So uh, JP is right. going to walk away without any hardware this year, which is a bummer. Not even an all-star uh, game appearance, but it was yeah. an incredible year. Um, and, you know, just throughout this poll, as we were talking, it's got 38 votes so far. Uh, JP mm. heavily favored by uh, the Twitter community, mm. 82% saying that JP was wow. the MVP. Uh, that number should be closer to 50 50, but I get it. I, I totally get it. You know, JP is, is like right. the guy we stand right now. And I also do think that people like he spoke his mind about the, the ownership and all that stuff. And people are yeah. heavily on team Cal team tie and team JP because of that. And, and Julio really didn't, uh, didn't weigh in on that, which he doesn't have to. It's it's, he doesn't need to either, but uh, yeah. JP certainly can. And, and he carries that kind of weight in that clubhouse. So uh, JP is an incredibly important player. Um, yeah. You know, it's we last offseason were like, would you consider trading JP? Like, are you moving JP to second? Yeah. And this year it's like, nope, he's my guy. He's like, part of the building. core. Yeah. He's I'm, in the core. I'm going yeah. to war with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird that in just a year he's, he's gone from like being like a, you know, an ancillary piece, for, uh, support player to being in the core uh, of, of your build. Uh, so, yeah, great season for him. Um, we do have a little time left. The Mariners did make some roster moves today. You want to talk yeah. about that real fast? Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, trying to hurry up things with the awards so <laughs> we would have time to talk about that. So well, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned it. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot, but you know we've we've talked in the past about the uh, the 40 man um, crunch. It's not really a 40 man crunch, but they obviously uh, you know they were over. 40 uh or they're going to be over 40 right. players once the world Se- series ends uh because of all the guys that have to come off of the uh yeah because of all the guys that have to come off of the uh 60 day il uh pen murphy is one of those guys he was uh dfa'd in secret we found out via his instagram that sure. he has been claimed off of waivers by the mets uh the mariners have now officially announced uh that as well as Issa mcgee being DFA'd and outrighted to AAA Tacoma, Adam Aller being DFA'd and outrighted and outrighted to AAA Tacoma, and Luis Torrens, who was eligible for arbitration and was projected to make what 1.2 million, I believe, yeah. in arbitration. He's been DFA'd and outrighted to AAA Tacoma as well. So those those guys clear. I believe they can still, you know, uh elect free agency. They can opt, yep. They can opt yeah. into free agency. That's their choice. Yeah. Uh yeah, Penn Murphy is kind of the one that is surprising a lot of people. You wouldn't be surprised if you listen to our show because we've pegged this for the last you know week or so that Penn Murphy yeah. is highly likely to get non-tendered and, and or DFA'd, I should say. And by the mm-hmm. way, next up in a name that's probably going to surprise some people until they really think about it, Evan White. Uh, Evan White, yeah. He's going to get DFA'd and and he will not be claimed and and he will report to AAA. So he will remain yeah. in the organization, unlike Penn Murphy. Um, because no one's going to pay him seven million dollars right so yeah uh but yeah if if you'd listen to the show we would have warned you about pin murphy uh do we do that here or on ctz either way i think we did it i think we did it on a mailbag yeah i think we got asked by uh by the darren mccacken enjoyer uh asked about the uh the 40 man stuff yep they still have a couple more spots to go I, i think they were at 46 and they only had three free agents coming off so they might be at 39 now but uh Obviously, Emerson Hancock is going to get re-added. Marco's going to get re-added. So I think they have to make two more mm-hmm. moves just to get to 40. Um, Robbie Ray is going to be re-added. Right, right. And, you know, one yeah. of those moves will be, I think, Evan White. And and then, you know, it's it's 
Ryan Jensen, Ryder Ryan. It, it, the Mariners don't really have a 40 man crunch in the, you know, Murphy thing's not surprising. He, he, yeah, he's not going to pitch this in 2024 and he's 29 years old. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm just, penalty. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised that the Mets took a, took a chance on him. Um, right. I don't be surprised if he gets, uh, GFA again, like, because yeah, he, he might be not... one of those guys who just yep. like bounces around from mm-hmm. team to team to team to team. Like, uh, David Rollins was, yep. uh, one of those guys, mm-hmm. uh, what a few years ago. So, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if Penn ends up back with the Mariners, uh, at some point, it just, you're not going to carry a guy on the 40 man. Who's not going to pitch, uh, in for all of 2024, uh, because he had the UCL surgery in July. Yeah. Yep. So. He's done. Easton McGee, same thing. You weren't gonna. He wasn't gonna pitch this next year either. He had a shoulder thing. So, and then Terenz, they weren't gonna pay one point two million bucks. For Actually, him. I think didn't didn't McGee also have Tommy John? He might it might have been Tommy John, but either way, yeah. he's not gonna pitch more than likely yeah. this year. And and I mean, you're not gonna carry a guy who might give you ten innings of of replacement level ball on your forty man all winter. So, no real surprises. Uh, you know, if you were paying attention. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's that time of year, man. Uh, guys are going to start, uh, you know, getting released and, and all that. And, and guys are going to start getting non-tendered here pretty soon. Uh, the off season starts, I mean, technically the day after the world series, but, uh, you know, uh, non-tenders five days after opt outs are mostly five years, five days after, like we're coming mm-hmm. up on it now. So in, in, depending on how long the world series goes sometime next week, we will officially be in the off season. So, uh, exciting if you're not texas or arizona uh but uh yeah we're, we're gonna start seeing more stuff like this don't be surprised if you see a few other teams uh the mariners already claimed like caleb or for example so yeah uh, it's it's that time of year where this stuff kind of just gets dropped on you uh but uh it's it's gonna happen across baseball more and more over the next few days that's the uh the good old roster crunch of november and december so Yep. A lot of guys are going to be coming in and out of uh, Seattle and a lot of other places as well over the next few months. All right. So, um, Coley, do you have a question of the day for the for the comment section? How would you best describe Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yeah. All right. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> What's the perfect number of days to spend in Vegas? Three, three. I spent three days in Vegas, and that was that was enough for me. Two but, is perfect. Three is too much. So that's gonna that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners Season Awards Spooktacular. Coach Beard, I'm Coach Lasso. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, the C A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT eleven. That's CPAT one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a spooky Halloween, and we'll see you next time. Barbecue sauce.